the challenge, the opportunity to connect. The 1960s, a time of imagination and change, a time of anger and fear. The 1960s, a program called Challenge. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Looked at our connections, our divisions, through the lens of faith. Nearly 60 years later, during these challenging times, we'll take a new look at our divisions, our connections, in a new program called Challenge 2.0. Overcoming an addiction can seem like climbing a mountain, an impossibly high mountain, and there are many who find themselves on that trail. A federal study last year concluded that 32 million Americans, aged 12 or older, suffer from a substance abuse disorder. But therapists emphasize it's just as important to focus on recovery rates, that many can and do reach the summit of recovery. That then is the focus of this episode of Challenge 2.0, some remarkable stories realized through a program called Recovery BP. I would just be driving around for days, drinking and smoking crack. He used cocaine and he introduced me to it and I couldn't stop, like I had to have it every other day. Those are from high school, like where have you been for the past two years? On a homeless shelter, just hanging out, <laughs> strung out on heroin, trying to get my life back together. The only thing that's gonna happen if I ever relapse is death. It's not the way I was raised, it's not who I am. Maybe this week you and Anine can talk some more. Each year at the mission, I make a mountain climbing team out of men and women in our addiction recovery programs. As you probably got a sense of, this is a remarkable program with some very remarkable people. And we're very fortunate to have four of those remarkable people with us today. I'd like to welcome Mark Ursino, who has really directed this program and has kept it moving and is even expanding it. We're going to hear much more about that. Don Brown, uh, Scott Soule, and Shadow Barons, you've each participated in this program and have some marvelous stories as well. So I would thank each of you for being a part of this program today. As we watched that initial clip uh, going into this, we had a sense that there was this conversation, this invitation to participate in a program uh, that offered the opportunity to move from a difficult past to a difficult challenge, but to a more promising future. Uh, looking back at when you first enrolled in this program or agreed to participate, can you give us a brief sense of where you were at that point personally? Whichever one of you would like to begin. Yeah, I can go. Um, so when I first uh, had entered the program um, and met the guys and was introduced to, to Recovery Beyond, um, there was definitely a sense of just craving that I had because I was, I was uh, coming off drugs hopeless and broken and um, a lot of relationships and community um, that I had robbed myself of just because of drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And um, as soon as I saw the video, as soon as um, they had introduced the program, I was super excited at the opportunity um, to just have a community again and not even knowing exactly what that would look like, just the adventure part of it that I was extremely excited about. Scott or Dawn? 
and it gave me a sense of direction and give me a community to relate with and, and it gave me a challenge. Um, I was also going through hep C treatment at that time and that was the old school hep C treatment which meant I was sick all the time. Um, so it, it was a real battle, but it, it gave me an understanding that my teammates were always there for me, mm -hmm. um, that uh, they were teaching me how to be part of a team and, and not take this all on, on our own, you know. Uh, and, and that's part of life today, is, is always making sure that we have a, a, a team with us. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I was at Hope Place uh, due to drugs and alcohol, homeless and uh, just full of guilt and shame at where it ended up. And um, they, for the first year, they included women. And uh, I wasn't one of the ones they asked. <laughs> and uh, I just felt like I really wanted to be a part of it. Um, when I had been drinking, um, I had always thought about, since I came out here, hiking. And that's something I would like to get into. <laughs> um, and so when it came up, I just I went and asked if I could be a part of it, and they said yes. And Scott, you in particular mentioned that you were in that first group, mm -hmm. and there was a remarkable individual that had this inspiration. We're just going to take a moment and get a sense of that and how it led to where we're talking about the subject right now. So we'll just take a quick look at that. Earliest memories of childhood, I can remember being depressed. I, I choose joy. I've gone through getting sober before, and it always leads to the same thing, so why should I try again? Mike Johnson came up and mentioned that they were getting the climbing team together. So I said, that's it, I'm, I'm climbing. You just feel so different from everybody else. So I've just never done anything like this and never thought I could. Using drugs is only part of the problem. There's obviously something going on internally with me. I need a change, a real change. And I've never found myself able to give up on anybody because I believe in change, because I saw it. That's the sound out there. You can do this. And if you do, you will never be the same. Do I think I'm gonna make it to the summit of Mount Rainier? Yes, without a doubt. I will make it. I'm a fighter, I don't give up. This climbing thing, it gives them a chance to write a new story, a story of success, a story of hard work, the chance to be a part of a team. I'm starting to look in the mirror and like the guy that's looking back. This is the hardest thing. I have ever done. There was a reason why you went to a year-long treatment program to begin with. Sometimes we just forget how screwed up we really were. We're having a funeral this weekend for a guy who relapsed on heroin and died. It's one way. It's, it's up the mountain or it's down into the grave. To me, it's just another obstacle. I'm not afraid. So once you signed up, once you were on the list, once you'd made that commitment, what went through your heads, uh, other than maybe, did I really do this? I think for me, thoughts that were going through my head um, were probably exactly that. You know, what did I get myself into? And then also, just like everybody else, um, I had my insecurities, I had my doubts. Um, to be honest, like as much as I wanted to climb mountains, I really just wanted to stay sober. Mm -hmm. And... Um, but it was just gradual. That's all it was, just showing up to workouts, being consistent, building community, and um, very quickly, as the community and brotherhood of it 
um, set in when we were doing our workouts together that all that anxiousness just went away. For, for me, it, it was, I got this because I came from a background of, of climbing and hiking and, and being in the mountains, but I, I was in a very selfish way. So it, it brought me into a different realm because I always wanted to do everything my way and that's, that's always part of our addictions uh, that we wanna do that and we isolate ourselves away from everything. So it opened me up into a, a whole different world that I needed to take directions from others. And, and at that time, uh, the first part of it, probably Mark can tell you, you know, I, direct, a sense of taking direction from anybody was not easy <laughs> for me. It was just like, no way. But I, I learned how to understand that. And that's, that is something I carry over today. Well, I had no idea what I had gotten into. <laughs> I, um, you know, I went with the women on the workouts and that was great, that was fun. And then a few times we went downtown, you know, and started working out with the men. And well, that was kind of a little exciting down there, you're running through the streets and stuff. And I was like, okay, all right, this is new. And, um, but when we saw the video, when we all sat down together and Mike showed us the video the first time, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> there's going to be snow. <laughs> I had no idea, no idea. Now, Mark, you came into this program as a very experienced mountaineer climbing on, I think, all of the continents. Yes. And you agreed to assist with this. Uh, what drew you to this program? Well, I'd been a longtime donor to the UGM. Um, so I was familiar with them and, and their work and um, Mike Johnson who started or had the idea had never climbed a mountain before um, and you don't just walk up and climb Mount Rainier uh, a lot of people think you can but right. that doesn't work that way and so my donation uh, person called me up and said Mike's starting this program you know but he's never climbed a mountain would you assist and my philosophy has always been that um, I've been very blessed in my life, and the way to uh, show my grateful, my, my gratitude for the things I've been given is to share those. And one of the things that I'm very grateful for is that my opportunity to go all over the world and climb mountains. And so it was just natural for me to say, sure, you know, I'd be, you know, if, if, if this guy Mike isn't too crazy, I'd be glad to help out. <laughs> and evidently you found out that was not the case. <laughs> He'll undoubtedly be watching this. You gotta be careful on what you say. Give us a little sense of how the program proceeded. Somebody signed up, there was some initial conditioning, but can you tell us how you designed this to move forth from that then, Mark? Well, what we knew is we wanted to, I knew that there were a lot of techniques and, and ways of, of climbing and, and walking that will make a difference as to whether or not somebody's gonna be successful. And what we wanted to do is, is layer it. So like about every three weeks, we'd take the people out on, on a hike and we'd have a particular uh, aim in mind in terms of what, the, what you were supposed to learn on that particular hike. So we built the thing up in layers. And after the first two years, we realized that um, all this climbing and hiking and stuff was great but the emphasis needed to shift from summiting mm -hmm. to just team. Mm -hmm. And so after the first two years, we, re we really started to emphasize the team aspect of it, to build up the community, to build up the group as, as really cohesive. And like I would tell them uh, at our pre-climb dinner before 
going on Mount Rainier for the last time, I tell them, you've already got the Sunday. You know, the, the summit's the cherry on top, which the mountain may or may not give you, but you've already gotten all there is to get from this program, whether you summit or not. You mentioned teamwork and community, and that's something that each of you have talked about. Uh, I'd ask maybe a two-part question. Did you find the biggest challenge for you in this was physical? Was it mental? And to what degree did that community give you a new set of tools to deal with those challenges? It was definitely mentally. Um, I was pretty excited to do the workouts, excited to get back into shape. Um, I hadn't let my body go too much. Um, my biggest thing was just trying to be consistent. Once my mind was made up that, hey, I'm doing this, I definitely did not want to be uh, the anchor. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want um, to be the extra weight. The aspect of community really helped um, the mental part because of just coming alongside of people and um, even just with our hikes, I noticed that, hey, this is actually a little bit easier for me than it is for other people. Um, or even if it was challenging, not showing it during our hikes and um, just encouraging other people, like, you got this. You know, and like, oh, this is easy for you. It's like, no, it's not necessarily easy for me. I'm just, um, just pushing through and choosing to focus on you. You know, because there's so many aspects of life where if you get too focused on things, um, you can't see what's going on and all the other blessings and other areas in need. And with myself, um, I needed to find out who Scott really was. Mm -hmm. And this was that opportunity to understand that I could really be Scott because all those years prior during addiction, I was always imitating who I wanted to be mm -hmm. rather than being that comfortable person. So this gave me an opportunity to actually see some of that and allow the others to speak into my life and say, this is what we're seeing, you know? And, and those are the things that when we learn those, uh, life goes on a lot better. <clears throat> and for me too, I can see that. And also I can see how in my mind, uh, the problem, even my uh, addiction, drugs and alcohol, the problem always started in my mind before I actually picked up the first drug or alcohol. And one of the things I really pulled out of it, and I have always isolated too, and uh, especially at the end of my addiction, so being around people was like, wow. And, um, but to have men in particular encouraging me and supporting me uh, to keep going, keep going, and you can do this, and, uh, and not want anything in return, you know, it was just like, I did not want to let go of this for anything. It just became a drive. Mark, from the perspective of designing this program and leading it, how does that resonate with what you're doing and what you've done and the other people involved in that are consciously trying to give as an experience with this program? Well, one of the things I should point out is that when we're on our training hikes, mm -hmm. it's not just the folks from the missions that are on the training hikes. Mm -hmm. We have a whole community of supporters that come out to hike with them. And so, it, it really does give you a community on trail, and it allows them to see that, you know, the mountain doesn't care who you are. It treats everybody the same way. And it gives you a pretty good way of, of measuring yourself against um, what, you know, the normal people. You know, there's a, what, what Mike noticed in, in first coming up with the idea for the program is that the folks that were addicted had this us versus them mentality. There's us guys and then there's normal people. Yeah. 
but you get them mixed up together on a trail and you find out that there's no difference. Mm -hmm. Shadow, when you and I had an opportunity to talk a little bit earlier, you talked about uh, your experience on the summit and what that was like and what it did for you. Can you share that a little bit with us? I remember thinking about how bad it was waking up, um, withdrawing the cold sweats, not being able to sleep, um, my body literally just like breaking down. And I remember thinking and just like praying through it and just, I'm so thankful for this struggle right now. I'm so thankful that this works um, in the way of, that just looks differently, you know, that, um, that I'm on a mountain right now. Um, but then immediately I would come right back to, all right, Shadow, you got yourself up this mountain, or you're starting to get yourself up this mountain, you gotta finish it and then go all, <laughs> get yourself all the way back down. And I remember I was like five feet from the summit and I'm literally like just there and all of a sudden I just got overwhelmed with emotion, literally dropped to my knees and just started bawling. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like uh, sorrow, it was just like, I was so happy that I'd done it. Um, and it was just a really amazing um, breakthrough for me. Even just getting to Camp Mir, I didn't think I was gonna make it. And uh, Mike behind me and telling me, you know, you're Dawn, you're strong. And that became a mantra. Yeah. That, that, that I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, that became a mantra for me through this stuff. Um, when I get something hard, when mm -hmm. something hard comes up, um, you're Dawn and you're strong. And actually, I have friends who have seen the movie mm -hmm. and have told me, they'll tell, you're Dawn and you're strong. <laughs> <laughs> no getting away from it. Yeah, That's yeah. positive reinforcement, that's that community. Scott, how yeah. about you? I, I, I think for, for me, it was a, a big one for me was um, that we don't always reach our summit. We don't always finish first. We mm -hmm. don't always finish at the top because that year um, I was unable to make the climb. Um, I had to stay back at base camp, and I was one upset person. Um, there was no way about it, you know. I, I was still in my selfish ways, but it, it taught me that to be okay with where where God has me at that time, and be comfortable with where He has me at, um, that I don't need to finish first all the time, that I don't need to make that summit, because each one of us have a different summit that He has prepared for us. And that was my biggest lesson, and it's a huge lesson that I carry through, uh, have carried on ever since that moment. Mark, as you've remained with this program, what of your experiences with this, and as you've observed others, what sustained and deepened your sense of connection with this? Uh, just seeing um, um, the opportunity uh, to see something that I love mm -hmm. through the eyes of people who are experiencing it the first time and for whom it's life-changing. Uh, one of the women that participated in the program came up to me after the climb and said, you know, this is the first time in my entire life that I've had a normal relationship with men. She'd been abused her entire life. Mm -hmm. And two years later, she was happily married. So I follow that by saying to Dawn and Scott and Shadow, uh, if you had the opportunity to say the 13, 16, 18 year old version of yourself uh, out in the audience or their parents 
to share a lesson or an observation that you think might be useful for them, what would you tell them? Um, for me, when I was 18, I never really got into sports. Um, I just immediately gravitated toward it, gravitated towards the, the kind of friends that would easily accept you in. Um, and a lot of the time those are, are kids that um, are experimenting with drugs and alcohol, um, that are the last ones to admit that they're actually insecure and they're afraid, and that's okay. Um, but that we can, we can dive into to these waters and learn to navigate, although that we've never necessarily walked through them, that we can try to explore um, and to be courageous and join something that's, that's bigger than you. Because mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing that this program has really helped me with is that, um, like Scott was kind of mentioning earlier, that you can just be yourself. And that's the, the nice thing, because I'll be honest, like I'm way burnt out. I'm extremely tired of trying to be the smartest, best looking, strongest guy in the room, because it's never worked out before. And I've accepted <laughs> that I'm not going to be any of those. But I can tell you what, that like, I was actually surprised. You know, I thought it was the drugs that like, made people like me and made me funny mm -hmm. and all these things. But like, just me showing up and just being me, um, even when I'm insecure at times, even when I'm like kind of quiet to feel people out, to see how they react, or mm -hmm. if my humor is even gonna be something that they laugh at. I think the big thing is, is, is youth today, um, I, I just really wanna encourage them to, to become involved with community activities, mm -hmm. sports activities, um, wh whatever it is that gets them involved with others, rather than focusing on, on one thing. And a lot of times that could, the computer or the phone. Um, just having that ability to, to have a community around you, to build up family, to build relationships, that's what keeps us going. It's, it's when we're away from that and we start isolating that we fall into bad habits. And we, a lot of times we don't recognize that. Don, hearing what Scott and Shadow have mentioned, and you've talked about how you've carried this forth in assisting others, tell me, how you see the experience, uh, the transformation that you had going through this program is helping you help these people. Being able to share, you know, what happened to me mm -hmm. and uh, how low I was, and then to be able to share um, the things that I do today, the tools mm -hmm. to be able to use in these problems, um, you know, reaching out to other people, uh, you know, uh, when I get those voices in my head saying, you can't do this, you know, you're a failure, uh, to be able, for me, I found a lot of scripture that helps me. You know, I, I find, and I tell other women, not so much uh, scripture, but um, find those words that encourage you to, you know, look yourself in the mirror and just keep saying that stuff over and over to quiet those voices. Dawn, you ultimately did not uh, make the summit but that didn't really affect your overall uh, experience or the lessons you, you took from that. What observations might you share about that? Okay, yeah, and that actually turned out to be a huge turning point for me because I was so angry at the time and I take that inside and it becomes your failure. Mm -hmm. And that is what I've done all through my life and, and just reinforces your failure, your failure. And this time I was able to see 
Um, I failed. I gave it my all, <laughs> and I failed, <laughs> which is devastating for me, but I'm not, I wasn't a failure this time. And um, yeah, that was really huge. And I had some friends and you know other people point out to me. And so now, when I have setbacks, I'm able to say, okay, I failed. I'm not a failure. That and that's a lesson you've passed on as you continue to counsel others. Yeah, it's been huge, yeah. Mark, the program is evolving. If you would, tell us a little bit about how it is evolving. And if people would like more information, either for participation or for support, how they could do that. Well, we've realized through this program that the characteristics of team and effort and healthy lifestyles um, and community support, uh, all of those things that make this program successful can be done in a simpler fashion using healthy lifestyles, training in, in gyms or in a running program or cycling programs, something that we can bring out to more people. So what we're trying to do right now is organize that effort um, to build a program that will address more people. Because what we found also through this program is that staying sober is a whole lot tougher than getting sober. Yeah. So the next program is going to be oriented more towards being not a specific goal, but a whole lifetime and a whole community forever. So it's like we said, it's going to be a lifestyle oriented Thing that you just don't change. I mean, you, I mean, it changed, but you just don't leave. Um, and and we've we've had folks in our program that um, very good folks th that have gone back to drugs, but the difference has been we noticed it, mm -hmm. and we could get them back faster than if so they don't end up on the streets for months and years again. Mm -hmm. You know, two three weeks we get them back. And if people want more information, we're going to put it up on the screen, yeah. but tell us where they can go to get more information uh, or to our, contact you. Our website is recoverybp.org, and uh, there's all sorts of information. There's testimonials, there's profiles, there's links to videos, and there's also links if you want to get involved as a volunteer. Well, thank you, each of you, for being a part of this today. And as the program continues to evolve, we hope to have another conversation in the future on that. But again, thank you very much, and uh, congratulations to what all of you have done and in bringing it to more people as well. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on this edition of Challenge 2.0, and we hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this program, please give us five stars and leave a review. If you can also tell one friend about the show, that would be great. You can find us on social media at Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find out more and financially support the show at pathstounderstanding.org. The program is hosted by executive producer Jeff Renner, produced by Tom Butterworth and John Sharifi. Cameras and audio by Rich McAdams, Tom Butterworth, and Dean Cuccio. Ian Olson is the production assistant.